With the example of Father Capon, we are given a model of how to be hope to a hopeless world, to be light to a dark world, to be so filled with joy that people desire to be around us. There's an urgency in the world right now. I want to enter the mission territory. In fact, the Lord has called all of us into this battle for souls. He's not given anybody a pass on that. Welcome to the Foxhole. Good morning, everyone. This is Jason Searle, and on behalf of Cape and Men, we thank you for joining us in the Foxhole on the Feast of St. Simon and Jude. Our men's faith formation groups followed the example of servant of God, Father Emil Capon, a priest from Kansas, who lived the gospel in its simple daily life all the way through his heroic actions on the battlefields and POW camps in Korea, where he eventually died at the hands of his captors. Although Father Capon was ordered to safety during the Battle of Vinsan, his response to accompany his men during the battle that ensued and their subsequent capture resulted in Father Capon becoming the most highly decorated chaplain in United States Army history. His faithful service to our Lord was an example we would all like to emulate. This week we're honored to have Sam Guzman, founder of The Catholic Gentleman, which not only is the title of his book, but a website which proudly carries the motto, Be a Man, Be a Saint. We encourage you to check out his work, and we're happy he's going to update us on his mission. Sam is married and has four children who range from ages 8 to 3, and he and his wife are expecting their fifth. So we congratulate and pray for their health and maybe even their sanity. Sam resides in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he joins us today. Before I turn it over to them, I want to remind everyone that you can find all our faith formation resources at capeandthemen.com. And as for this podcast, the weekly listens continue to grow. So thank you for the continued efforts to share this message with Father Capon as he continues to inspire all of us today. Joe's going to lead us with a prayer. And with this, it's an honor to introduce and welcome Sam and Joe. Good morning, gentlemen. And thanks for joining us in the foxhole. Good morning, thank Jason. You. And good morning, friends, for even taking a few minutes of your time to, to download the podcast or to be on the morning call. It is a great honor and a blessing to spend time with you uh, each and every Wednesday. And just honored today because I think we're going to have a good time. We've got a, a super special guest with us today. Before we get there, though, I just want to, I like to reflect every morning on the response oral psalm. You know, and the response today is their message goes out through all the earth. And I was praying about that this morning, just thinking about all the messages that I'm sending out to the world around me. You know, a lot of times we get consumed with the words we speak, but we forget that our lives are speaking a language consistently. You know, we used to say all the time, for most people, they won't read the Bible. The only Bible they'll read is going to be Joe Ferris's life. And what message are you preaching, Joe? Not by what you say, but by what you do. You know, are you living from the space that you know you're the beloved, right? Are you treating your family with this quiet strength? that St. Joseph, uh, someone I have great devotion to, like, is he your model and how you, you parent and how you father and how you live your life? You know, am I honorable in my business? All week, this week, I've thought about the business that I do, and am I consistently going back to the space where I'm honorable in the way I treat others and the way I treat the work I'm doing? You know, even within my church, am I practicing radical hospitality? And lastly, am I radiating Christ to a world that, consistently errs in despair? Am I willing to kind of be a, a barrier, a bear of hope in that? And certainly through the intercession of Father Capon, I pray 
that anyone who's listening right now um, can continue to look at the message that we're preaching with our lives. And if we're not preaching the message we want, to ask Father Capon to pray for you, to ask St. Joseph to pray for you, um, and just to kind of live in the spot where God God radiates, Christ radiates daily through how you treat others and live your life. So before we pray, um, I just want to ask you to just take a second and just kind of put aside whatever worries or concerns you have and just be present to this moment. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we love you so much, and we thank you, Lord, uh, for another day, another opportunity to radiate Christ to the world. God, I pray for uh, the person who's logged on to this call, who's tired, who's worried, who's anxious, who's lonely, who's just overwhelmed by the craziness of our world, Lord. I pray that you just fill them with your love right now. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray, God, uh, for those in our in our communities who are suffering, that we can, as, as Sam's website says, Lord, that we can be saints that we can be men, men who respond uh, to the things around us. We don't run from them. Men who allow our faith to be revealed on a consistent basis. God, I just pray that uh, you're in this conversation today. I pray, Lord, um, that as we break open um, the ministry that Sam's doing, that you give him the courage and the wisdom uh, to speak, Lord, from, from a space of confidence that he is loved by you. Come Holy Spirit. Ask all these things, the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. And I just ask you, Lord, um, plead with you, Lord, to help each of us to become saints. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sam, it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to spend some time with you this morning. I'm going to jump right in and just, just let you, for our audience, tell a little bit about how you came to this Catholic faith. Um, that has been so important in your daily life. So take it away, Sam. Talk a little bit about how you encountered the Lord and a little bit about your faith life. Absolutely. So uh, I was blessed to be raised in a home where I was taught to pray from a very young age, taught about God, uh, taught to honor and love and respect Him, uh, and to um, really see Him as uh, the most important thing in my life. Um, and I learned about the saints and martyrs very early in childhood. I, even though I was a Protestant, I was kind of steeped in early church history. Um, I, you know, learned the Te Deum, um, uh, the, the great uh, hymn of the church. Um, it, when I was about five years old, I was reciting it in the car, even though I had no idea what it meant. Um, but I grew older and, uh, as many teenagers do, grew kind of cynical and rebellious and uh, kind of wandered away from faith. Um, through a series of circumstances that are kind of too long to relate, I ended up coming back to faith my freshman year of college. Um, and there I got a job at the university art gallery and was introduced to some of the most beautiful Catholic artwork. Um, that's ever been created, um, all housed at a virulently anti-Catholic Baptist University, Bob Jones University. Um, but it was clearly Catholic artwork, like the Assumption of Mary into Heaven and things like that. Um, truly stunning works of beauty, and it really touched something deep in my soul. Uh, what inspired these great works of, of uh, just mastery? Uh, and so I... Uh, felt a longing to come to know these early Christians that lived before the Reformation. What did they believe? What did they 
uh, understand about Christ, um, was there something different in their faith than there was in mine? Um, and so I started reading the early church fathers, which is always a dangerous thing to do if you want to remain Protestant. Um, and the more I read them, the more I realized that they were not Baptists, um, that they talked about things like priests and bishops and sacraments, uh, and had a very different way of looking at faith than I did as a Baptist at that time. Um, it took about another four years of progressively moving closer to liturgical worship, um, to understanding uh, that the Eucharist was something unique, um, to wrestling with the papacy uh, and what it means. But eventually I did um, realize, um, one day I simply woke up and realized I had to become Catholic, um, that it was, uh, in a sense, I almost already was Catholic and just needed to formally commit to that. Um, and so I, I did. I was newly married. My wife was not happy about it. She has her own journey, her own story. Um, but we ended up both uh, coming into the Catholic Church and being confirmed um, Easter of 2012. Um, since then, it's just really been a, an exciting journey of exploring the depths and riches of the Catholic faith, um, reading so many of our wonderful saints and doctors of the Church, um, and just really immersing myself in the you know two millennia old uh, stream of Catholic wisdom and um, knowledge of the spiritual life um, that is is so powerful and so beautiful and so rich, and and the more I've gotten to know that, the more it's really um, changed my life, uh, and the more it's introduced me to the ultimate goal, who is Jesus Christ, um, and I uh, have loved being Catholic, and uh, it's going to be uh, uh, eight years this coming Easter, so. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Sam. If you're if you want to study the riches of our faith, uh, eight years you you got a ways to go, huh? I mean, it's it's uh, God is good, and and so you, you're right. Like to seek beauty in the church, and even on your website, I was like, man, this guy smokes be, uh, smokes pipe, drinks good beer, writes poetry. Like everything you're doing is in line with things that I love. So that journey, though, for you, went from this conversion to this this kind of movement I'd almost say the Catholic gentleman and and you you use words like be a man uh, which certainly uh, for a lot of folks don't they don't even know how that lands right so many so many crazy things come up and call them even to be a saint so talk to us a little bit about the Catholic gentleman because uh, I think that the book is there and your site both wildly popular um, and just like what led you to choose that, and and how has that begun to progress during this eight year eight years? Sure. Well, unlike a lot of people who start websites and ministries and apostolates and and all kinds of things, I really had no plan. Um, it it grew out of a awareness that men needed more <laughs> in the Catholic faith, um, as well as it culturally, manhood is been wounded in our culture. Um, and it was during the nine-day novena in preparation uh, to consecration to the Blessed Mother um, that I had a clear vision for a site for men called the Catholic Gentleman, and I could even see, you know, the logo in my mind's eye. And I just kind of ran over to a computer and threw up a website on a free website platform and 
uh, just started writing, and I really had no plan, really didn't really understand what the Catholic gentleman meant per se, other than that I knew it was something that was attractive to me, that, that idea, that uh, image of manhood. Um, but the more I've reflected on manhood, the more I've realized um, that, that really manhood is all about uh, strength under control. It's about balance. And if you look at a lot of the archetypes of uh, manhood in our culture, whether it's you know UFC fighters or WWE wrestlers or some of these things, there's a, a glorification of aggression and uh, strength in order to do violence, um, and a manhood that's really um, without any temperance or without any virtue or without any self-control. All of these things that uh, Scripture tells us are fruit of the spirit. Um, and as Catholic men, we have an opportunity to, yes, embrace those masculine attributes of leadership, aggression, um, maybe strength, willingness to fight, willingness to embrace danger, willingness to go where other people don't want to go, and to use our strength, but it's for the good of others. It's always in acts of service, um, and it's always a, a contribution to the common good. Um, it's always tempered by a certain gentleness and compassion um, that's ultimately modeled by Jesus Christ. And I think that some people misunderstand the idea of the Catholic gentleman. They see it as, you know, top hats and white gloves, you know, kind of this uh, ni- 19th century idea of the Edwardian Catholic gentleman that you see in like Den- Downton Abbey and some of these shows. That- that's not really what that's about at all. In fact, I think Jesus Christ was the original Catholic gentleman in the sense that he was absolutely willing to confront um, with fiery zeal uh, the, the religious leaders of his day, uh, the most powerful people. He was completely unafraid of them and was willing to say uh, and speak the truth to them without any qualms, without any fears of what they might do to him. Um, he was ultimately manly in that sense, uh, you know, threw over the tables in the temple um, you know, confronted uh, the Roman powers of that day um, without fear. Uh, incredible strength, incredible manliness, uh, carried his cross, um, and yet also uh, incredible compassion. You know, his disciples um, were annoyed that children wanted to come to him. Um, you know, he's too important for you, he's too busy for you, and yet Christ had that gentleness and that compassion that was comfortable with people who were hurting, with people who were uh, confused, who were doubting, uh, who were sinners. He knew how to be compassionate, how to be loving, and uh, how to show that gentleness that our culture kind of despises as a form of weakness, and yet it really isn't. It's the ultimate form of strength because it's strength under control. And so with the motto of the Catholic gentleman, be a man, be a saint, I really felt like it at a natural level, we must relearn what it means to be men, what it means to be men in a, a balanced, virtuous way, um, not in an out-of-control, drunken, um, you know, violent way that our culture glorifies. Um, so at the natural level, learn how to be men, learn how to be gentlemen, but also the beauty of the Catholic faith, faith is that it calls us beyond the natural level to the supernatural. Uh, we're not just called to be good men, which certainly we need in our culture if you look around, um, but also to be saints, to to be holy, to uh, be supernatural in our virtue. We don't just need uh, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. We also need faith, hope, and charity. 
Um, and the more we're filled with those things, the more um, our, as, as, as Joe introduced, you know, our example will radiate to others and will really transform the world from the inside out. Not uh, power through coercion, but power through moral example. And, and, and people will be drawn to that. It's inevitable. Um, holiness is magnetic. And so I really think that's what we're called to as Catholic men is to learn what it means, what virtuous um, natural manhood means, yes, and then to go beyond that to uh, sainthood um, that um, grows from that foundation of virtuous manhood. So that's that's really what Be a Man, Be a Saint is about, uh, the Catholic gentleman. Look, anybody who steps into anything without any plans, I feel like you have to rely on God completely. And that, that just gets me excited for the ministry that you're doing and just for the future of the Catholic gentleman. Now, as if that wasn't enough with four kids and this uh, hugely successful uh, ministry called the Catholic gentleman, you, Sam, are also moving into a master's degree in mental health counseling. What opened the door to that? Um, and how, how do you see yourself using that to build up the kingdom? Well, sure, yeah. I think uh, we look... Uh, at our culture, and again, I, I don't mean to be pessimistic, but if you look at some of the statistics around men, the suicide rate is dramatically higher among men than it is among women. Um, the the rates of depression, anxiety are extremely high, um, and yet a lot of men feel uh, they can't open up to anyone. Um, they can't be honest. They can't uh, be vulnerable. Again, that's weakness, so we, we just have to stuff it and soldier through but a lot of men out there are hurting severely and they're turning to things that are the worst possible solutions uh, like pornography um, and, and uh, uh, opiates and some of these other uh, addictions that are plaguing our culture. Um, and uh, it's devastating men. And Satan loves this. He knows that if he can take out fathers, if he can take out husbands, if he can eliminate men, the culture will collapse uh, inevitably. Um, and we see that uh, that happening as, as husbands and fathers, uh, as men have been wounded in our culture, uh, we, our culture is, de uh, the decay of our culture is accelerated at an alarming rate. Uh, and so I, I do believe there is a real need out there uh, for help. Um, and um, that is just as true among Catholic men uh, as uh, um, as among those who are not Catholic. I think there is a sense in which, well, I'm hurting, and so I'm going to um, just uh, go to Mass more often or pray the Rosary more often, which absolutely is beautiful and is important. Um, but I do think sometimes, just as when we get a physical illness, um, we go to a physical doctor, um, I do believe God wants us to, when we're facing some of these challenges, there's layers to the human being, you know, the, the physical level, the psychological level, and the spiritual level. And sometimes when we are hurting, there, it is not wrong to seek help, um, even for, or for psychological uh, trials. Now, what I will say, too, is that a lot of people have been hesitant to do that, and for good reason, because a lot of modern psychology, a lot of modern counseling is very secular, and they don't have a lot of patience for um, men of faith, um, and they often approach things from a completely uh, irreligious uh, perspective, have no, no uh, interest in bringing uh, faith or God into the picture. And so there's a desperate need for Catholic counselors, 
counselors who can bring the lens of the Catholic faith, the wisdom of the church, um, the anthropology and the philosophy of the church to uh, the counseling room and to bring that to the problems that we face in everyday life. Um, and so I'm fortunate to go to a wonderful university, Divine Mercy University, that is really synthesizing the best of the Catholic tradition with the best of modern psychology um, and equipping a lot of uh, wonderful counselors to uh, help in a way that is respectful and integrates faith um, because it is so important to our flourishing as human beings. Uh, it's essential, and we can't ignore that or we're ignoring a massive massively important part of who we are um, as as persons so um i'm i'm i intend to be a a catholic counselor in the truest sense uh one who uh, integrates the wisdom of our faith um, with what we've learned about human psychology um, over the last few centuries so uh, i i really want to um, help men overcome struggles like pornography and some of the other things that can really wound our effectiveness to be the husbands and fathers that we're called to be. So Sam, let, let's dig in a little further on that. I think you're you're hitting on a lot of things to a lot of the people that are going to be listening to this, either in the, on the call or in the podcast. Uh, and I think it's, your perspective is so unique. You know, we talked earlier and you were saying that your oldest is eight years old. Um, a lot of the people on this call um, have children. And so for mm -hmm. you, what, what are a few things through the ministry you've done at the Catholic Gentleman and through some of this uh, work you're continuing to do, and even through your own parenting, so what's some advice you'd pass along to those on the call um, that, that are raising children in a crazy secular world with a whole lot of things pulling at them all day long, um, and, and then just drop in a pandemic and a presidential election, and it just seems to be chaos. What kind of things would you say to, to, the, to the guys on the call to help them a little bit? Sure. I would say the first thing would be realize that children are not little adults. They have a unique way of seeing the world. Uh, they have a unique way of learning uh, and of absorbing things. And uh, one principle that I think we can all apply is realize that children uh, learn primarily through atmosphere. Uh, what is the atmosphere in your home. When you come home from work, do you turn on the TV, flop down, and you know, imbibe hours of uh, mass media programming? Or is there a prayerful atmosphere in your home? Do you have a home altar? Do you um, do morning and evening prayers with your children? Uh, do you pray the rosary? Are there certain things that you're doing that your children know what is the most important, what is the most central thing in your home. Now, there's certainly nothing wrong with watching TV or, or enjoying some relaxation or anything like that, but what, what atmosphere predominates? Your children will absorb that far more than they will absorb uh, anything that you try to teach them. And, and I think a lot of parents say, well, I'll just take them to Mass on Sunday. That's all I need to do. Um, and that's not going to work. Uh, you know, Even if they go to Catholic school, even if they get catechism in some form or another, People underestimate just how powerful the secular culture is. It's incredibly attractive. It's incredibly seductive. Um, and our children are getting eaten alive by it. Um, and, you know, I, I've encountered uh, individuals who are allowing their children to watch uh, media and, and videos from, from one-year-olds. You know, they're propped up in their bouncy seat with a tablet uh, consuming all the latest media um, 
programmed by people who do not share the values of the Catholic faith. And our kids are, are absorbing this. They're being attracted by it. They're being seduced by it. And to the point where a lot of times they don't really care what we say. And so we have a challenge um, kind of thrown at us that we have to create a counterculture in our home, of an atmosphere that's prayerful, beautiful, attractive, that forms our children's uh, moral imagination through stories. Uh, kids love stories. You can, you can preach at them left brain um, facts and, and um, you know, you even have them memorize catechisms. Um, and yet that's not going to have the same impact and influence on them as, is some of the incredible stories that we have, either stories of saints, um, great literature like the Narnia books uh, or J.R.R. Tolkien or just any number of beautiful things. These are the stories that will go to their heart and that will form their moral imagination and allow them to resist the attractions and seductions of our culture. So we have to create a counterculture in our home that, that's prayerful, that's beautiful, that's imaginative, that is inspiring that they say I want to be this and no matter where I go in the world I will have warm memories of our home and the faith life in our home um, and above all I'll know that my parents love Christ more than anything on this earth and they would lay down their lives for him in a heartbeat um, that's the kind of atmosphere that uh, allows kids to remain in the faith now I don't underestimate how difficult it is for children when they go off to college they start facing some of the pressures that our culture exerts on them. But it is nevertheless something that we, we can help them. We can reinforce these truths of the faith. Um, and so we just realize that children are different than adults. They learn differently. They understand the world differently. Uh, and, and tailor the experience in your home to reflect that and to be understanding of that and create a counterculture in your home that can resist the culture of the world. Uh, you are preaching now, Sam, and you are actually in the game creating a countercultural through the work you're doing and through some of the things uh, you're up to. So I want to end our time uh, encouraging men to go to the Catholic gentleman. I looked over your podcast, uh, big hitters in the Catholic Church, Dr. Scott Hahn, Jason Craig, um, guys who are really moving the needle nationwide. So how can the people listening, Sam, connect to you, connect to the work you're doing, be encouraged by it, and also jump in with you a little bit uh, on some things you're in. Sure. So CatholicGentleman.net is the primary way to access all things Catholic Gentleman. Um, there's also on Amazon or any bookstore, pretty much you can find The Catholic Gentleman Living Authentic Manhood Today, uh, which is the book. Um, also on most major social media platforms, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, constant stream of Catholic saint quotes um, that will inspire you. Uh, also, um, uh, the podcast, uh, also called The Catholic Gentleman, um, is found on Apple iTunes or any Spotify or any of the major podcast platforms. Excellent. Well, Sam, it's been a pleasure to, to be with you and to hear some of the things you're up to and just to hear the way the Lord is moving in your heart. I'd love it if you would pray for us here at the end. Scott will come in at the back end and close out uh, the call this morning, but we're honored. I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for the ministry that you're doing. I'll pray for your family. Um, and I just ask you again uh, just to, to pray us out of here, and uh, we'll close up our time this morning in the foxhole. Absolutely.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, you are our King, and we renew our allegiance to you and to you alone. We ask that you would enable us to take up our cross daily and to follow you and to be men who can lead, who can be examples, um, who can radiate your goodness, your truth, your beauty to a world that so desperately needs it. And so, our Lord, we just uh, ask that we would be disciples who are willing to follow you no matter the cost, and that we would never uh, abandon you, that we would always be faithful to you, uh, and that someday you can say to us, well done, good and faithful servants. Our Blessed Mother, um, you are a queen, uh, the queen of our hearts. You are the mediatrix of all graces. We ask that you would pour on us uh, as men the spirit of wisdom to lead our families, to navigate the challenges that we face day by day. Uh, send us all the graces that we need to be conformed to the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Um, we pray that we would be soldiers in your army as you seek to crush the head of the serpent. And St. Joseph, uh, you led by your example far more than by anything that you said. Uh, you were obedient uh, without hesitation. Uh, you show us what strength, uh, what, what obedience to the Lord, to his call looks like. You show us how to act in the world. And uh, we pray that you would guide each and every one of us to be men of action. Do not be so lost in ideas and arguments and debates that we forget that ultimately we must be rooted and grounded in love. We must serve one another, that we must serve our families. We um, must wash one another's feet. Help us to be true servants, to be men of kindness and gentleness uh, and strength as you were. And we uh, ask all of these things in the name of the Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us here in the Fox Hall today, Sam. Uh, it was great to have you on. And I really think your description of manhood as strength under control is such a great definition and a, a great focus for us. I know it certainly describes Father Capon from all the stories and testimony that we've heard, that he was both strong and incredibly courageous, but also gentle and, and meek and able to love. And um, I think that's the type of man that we want to be here at, at Capon's Men as well. So the challenge this week for um, all of us listening is, is pretty simple. Uh, write down that phrase on a note, strength under control, and then put it somewhere where, where you'll see it this week and be reminded of what we're called to be. You know, maybe it's when you're getting ready, maybe even better on your computer or in your car. Is wherever you might need that reminder, strength under control. And I think that'll help us in our mission and, and who we desire to be. Also, before I announce our next guest, I want to take a moment to invite everyone to join us in a nine-day novena uh, for Father Capon's cause. This is something that we've started doing every year at about this time. Um, this coming November 2nd is actually the 70th anniversary of the Battle of Unsan which is uh, the one that Jason mentions at the beginning of each episode. It's, it's the battle where Father Capon was captured and 
later recognized for the Medal of Honor. Uh, so that's why we start the novena then. It also ends on November 10th, which is the day before Veterans Day, and then uh, usually on, uh, we would have a celebration on Veterans Day and a mass under the circumstances we weren't able to do it this year. But uh, we do want to invite you to pray the novena with us. It's the most important thing that we can do for Father Capon's cause uh, is to storm heaven with our prayers. And so whether you begin with us November 2nd through 10th or you catch us at another time when you're listening, either way is great. We appreciate the prayers. We'll put a, a link to the novena in the show notes and on our website as well and uh, also, obviously, to the, the Catholic gentleman. Next week, we'll be joined by Chris Benzinger, who is the husband to our previous guest, Michelle Benzinger, from the uh, Biting Together podcast. Uh, Chris is a good friend of Joe's, and uh, what began for him as just a one-year leave of absence from his finance job turned into a 20-plus year uh, endeavor in Catholic mission and ministry. And He's really all about spreading the joy of the gospel by engaging others in a very personal and one-on-one way. So he'll have some great advice for us as we seek to do that as well. Thank you all again for joining us here in the foxhole. Until next time, let's be men and let's be saints. Thanks for joining us in the foxhole. As we go, we're blessed to leave you with these words from Father Capon himself. We can sure to expect that in our own lives there will come a time when we must make a choice between being loyal to the true faith or of giving allegiance to something else which is either opposed to or not in alliance with our faith. O God, we ask of Thee to give us the courage to be ever faithful to Thee. Blessed are they who suffer persecution for justice' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. May the blessing of God the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you. Amen.